Hello friends! This is People Are Interesting with Jan K. In each episode of this show, unique individuals share stories that take us on a ride across ideas and places. Featuring crocodile attacks in Indonesia, escaping war-torn Lebanon, and shark protection schemes in Mauritania. This podcast takes you where you've never been before. Enjoy and thank you for joining the club. Just about now. Hi, everyone. Thanks for accepting the invitation, Francis. And please let me know first, did I get the name pronounced correctly? Yeah, yeah, that was spot on. Amazing. Thanks for accepting the invite again. And today we're going to be talking about parachute jumping and skydiving. Is that right? Yes, yes, that is correct. (laughs) Fantastic. So I had to get this straight just because um, my knowledge of this area is quite rudimentary, I would say. So how did you get into it and what is it really? Um, So basically it is we are chucking ourselves out of planes for fun. Um, There's really no other way to put it. Um, I, I got into it because... It was something that I had always been aware of. Um, I I never really thought about doing it seriously. Um, it was just something that I knew existed and thought it was awesome. And I always loved like adrenaline stuff. Like I I started climbing trees, like as soon as I was able to. Like I'd go down to the local playgrounds and before my mom could even look for me, I was already at the top of the nearest climbable tree, that sort of stuff. And it it just kind of went on from there. Um, I I like to know as much as I can about things before I do them. And considering that it is literally like jumping out of planes, um, I, I was quite scared to begin with. Um, I was going on and on about it with my family, and as a result of that, uh, for my 17th birthday, um, I got offered the chance to do a skydive. Um, when that happened, it kind of immediately set in for me, like, okay, this is actually a reality. Am I going to do this or not? And what I decided was that I wasn't ready at that point because I didn't know enough about it. Um, And there was a few other chances. Um, I remember doing a lot of research into where I could do it. And um, I talked to my mum about it and she was like, okay, well, that doesn't seem to be too expensive. How about we do it then? And that was in like a week's time. And I was, this was probably a year and a half later. I was still not ready for it at that point. Um, And then when I turned 20, um, I decided, you know what? I've learned enough about the system. I am pretty sure I'm not going to die or seriously into myself. And so uh, I went along and I booked a tandem skydive. I, I booked it with a friend of mine who uh, I've known for a few years and that honestly made the experience just so much better having him there, like being able to share it with him was absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, so I, I did uh, 10,000 feet. Um, so that's about two miles up. Um, and I remember getting up at 5 a.m. Uh, to go pick him up and then go to the drop zone and we were both so tired and so excited and getting there waiting around with everyone else being super nervous and it was just it was an absolute blast um and then when we went into the hall and had our briefings i remember that's when it kind of kicked in more and they were showing us the systems they were showing us the harnesses and that that's when it became slightly more real to me uh then we got the harnesses on and we went out into the waiting area we were probably there for about 10 minutes um because at the drop zone there is um there's an area that is designated for skydivers and if you're not going to jump you don't go beyond 
um, that area. Uh, so while we were there, we were just kind of casually talking. Uh, we met a few other people there. So we were chatting about like why we were there and what we thought it was going to be like. Um, of course, we had no idea. <laughs> um, and then I remember all of the instructors coming out with their rigs on. So the rig is the term that we use for the parachute system. So that consists of the container, which is the backpack with the leg straps. Um, and then there is the canopy, which is the main parachute. There's also a reserve, which is in the top section of the container. So that's there in case we need to use it, in case we have a malfunction on the main for any reason. Um, and then we can cut away the main canopy and deploy the reserve. I've never had to do this, luckily. Um, but the odds are about one in a thousand jumps that's likely to happen. Um, I'll go into more detail about that a bit later, though. Um, and then there's the AAD, or Automatic Activation Device. And mm -hmm. what that does is it measures the altitude and speed. So if you are unable to deploy any parachute below, I think it's either, um, it's around a thousand feet. If you're going more than 80 miles an hour on normal settings, then it will automatically deploy the reserve canopy for you. And uh, that I know for a fact has saved um, the main manufacturer of them is uh, Cypress uh, AirTech and they have 5,100 recorded saves. So oh, wow. Pretty, pretty good, yeah. And that's over 25 years, I think. Um, yeah, they are, they're my favorite brand. <laughs> um, so yeah, I see everyone coming out with their rigs on and that's when it starts kind of going up a level. And then we are, I'd selected some um, recording options to be filmed. My friend had selected more. Um, so I got the exit to deployment filmed. He got um, the uh, getting onto the plane uh, down to landing uh, recorded. And he also had an instructor with a hand cam and he got that. I didn't because, um, well, I don't know. But uh, yeah, my, my instructor did not have any hand cam. Um, some don't. Um, so then we go out to the plane uh, and this is the first load of the day um, and at this point i remember getting a little bit more scared but thinking okay i've waited so long to do this i've got to just get on the plane so i get on the plane and then the engine start up we all get strapped in uh, we're sitting on the floor, um, and I did this at uh, North London Parachuting Centre, which is near to Chatteris. Um, mm -hmm. And this was a Twin Otter plane that we were jumping out of. Um, and yeah, I, I remember that taking off was pretty much just like any other plane ride, because it is just plane uh, a little more uncomfy because it didn't have seats so we were all just sat on the floor and uh, strapped into little cables um, for safety and then they got taken off at a thousand feet um, and yeah I remember a big mix of emotions a lot of it was excitement there was some terror but I didn't really have time to think about that um, and then once we got up to 8,000 feet, that's when everyone started to get ready. So mm -hmm. that's when the goggles went on. Uh, you always wear goggles, like um, eye protection, whenever you sky because otherwise the wind just blows the moisture out of your eyes and it's not very pleasant. Um, and yeah, so 8,000 8, feet uh, is when, when things started to get serious. Uh, I got strapped into the instructor. Um, the harnesses were all done up tight. I had the uh, the uh, goggles put on. 
and that that was when things started to get serious then we got up to exit altitudes and the door opened and at this point i was terrified um because naturally like it's jumping out of the plane you're going to be scared um but i i remember i distinctly remember thinking okay i've waited 20 years to do this there's no going back just sit back relax try to enjoy it so i see one other person jump and i don't really feel anything looking at it like i there is no time to feel and mm. then my friend jumps and i see his face and there was just a completely blank expression like because you don't have time to think you don't have time to process anything you are hanging outside of a plane there is no time for thoughts mm-hmm. then it was my turn so we we go to the front and climb into the door and so the instructor is sitting on the door with his feet dangling outside and me being strapped to him i am literally outside of the plane at this point oh wow and i've got all of the wind rushing past me but again i don't really have time to contemplate like okay i am literally on the outside of a plane about to jump and then i feel a push forward pull back and then a push forward and then we're gone mm-hmm. and so i had a massive sensory overload so there are several parts to the jump that i don't remember but that i probably blacked out for a couple of seconds not blacked out but i just the memories aren't there mm-hmm. um so one second i'm in the door going back and forth the next i'm in free fall mm-hmm. and immediately i feel a little bit of a drop but it's not it's not as big a drop as you might think it's because you're going like probably 80 miles an hour or around that mm-hmm. forwards there there isn't that drop of jumping off stationary things like that drop in your stomach you don't mm. feel that you feel that if you're jumping out of helicopters or he- hot air balloons or mm. if you're base jumping mm-hmm. uh, but you don't feel that out of a plane and my immediate thought was whoa cuz it just it all kind of hit me and then as we were speeding up to terminal velocity is 120 miles per hour mm-hmm. uh, so as we were speeding up to well for, for us at least um so as we were speeding up to 120 that's when the drogue gets deployed so the drogue is the white cone looking thing that comes out the back of the tandem mm-hmm. rig and what that is is first of all it's stabilizing but also the combined weight of two people terminal velocity for that is about 180 miles an hour so the drogue is also there to slow you down to about 120 miles an hour so the drogue gets deployed and we're speeding up to 120 miles an hour mm-hmm. and at that point we're basically there i feel a tap on my arms which we've been taught means that we can um bring our arms out that's uh, right mm-hmm. i forgot to mention before um we had our arms kind of crossed over our chest and touching our shoulders uh, right. so it's just safer to exit uh, mm-hmm. and the legs were tucked under the plane it's uh it, it was a very very interesting uh position to exit from mm-hmm. and my head was um back against um his right collarbone i think okay um so as we get to 120 i feel a tap on my shoulders and then it just hits me i am in free fall i'm going 120 miles an hour straight down into nothing and this is the best moment of my entire life i am 
absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. And it, there's just, it's the most incredible feeling in the world because you've just got the wind rushing past you. You are falling into absolutely nothing. And it's absolutely indescribable. It's, it's the sort of thing that if you try to explain, you can't. And if you've already experienced it, there's absolutely no need to explain. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm just getting used to falling. And I, we were jumping into clouds. So there, there were clouds below. Um, and we're just above the clouds, so it's absolutely beautiful up there. Clear blue sky, the sun is shining, and we're just falling through it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember seeing the, the camera guy coming round, and he's pointing at his camera. And at that point, I snap out of it, and I just start screaming, because I'm just having the time of my absolute life here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like just screaming my lungs out in happiness and waving my arms about, punching the air with my fists. It was absolutely incredible. And then, yeah, I just screamed the entire 30 seconds way down. Mm -hmm. Um, We deploy at 6,000 feet. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, I think I measured it was 28 seconds looking back at the footage. 28 seconds of people, the single best 28 seconds of my entire life. And then I feel a sudden jolt. And then the next thing I know, we're in the clouds under canopy. And I can't see anything because it's just clouds all around. Mm-hmm. So this was the second time that I had massive sensory overload. Because we go from 120 miles an hour without warning to i don't know how much but not very much in about five seconds so it's it's quite a lot of force um but i didn't get injured that was great back didn't hurt nothing hurt and what is that common to get injured while deploying a parachute no 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 um sometimes you'll have a hard opening uh this isn't very common at all. I think it was more just the fact that this was my first time experiencing it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't have any indication of how it would feel. And so the feeling that, okay, this worked was just absolutely mind boggling for me. Mm-hmm. And then we come out of the clouds and I look down and I can see everything for miles and i'm still thinking like oh my gosh how am i here like i'm a mile up on the canopy this is absolutely absolutely crazy absolutely incredible and then the guy hands me the steering toggles which are uh two of the controls so they're what we use to flare and they are what um we use to steer uh, Mm -hmm. mostly so they're connected to the back um, sides of the canopy. So I pull to the left, we go to the left. I pull to the right, we go to the right. And it was so much fun. And then, so I do a couple of them. And then he takes back control. Uh, I don't know what altitude we were at then. Because uh, I didn't have an altimeter. Um, but... It was about a five minute um, descent Mm -hmm. and we come in to land and he flares and we both stood it. We stood the landing, which doesn't often happen. And uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was completely surreal that I'd just done that. And there was a slight bit of disappointment that the experience was over, but it was mo- mostly just overwhelming happiness that I'd just done that and absolutely loved it. And I knew in that second that I was going to get licensed because I needed to do that again. 
and I needed to jump on my own. And so we're looking around. Uh, my friend had landed before me, but we were waiting for other people to come in. Uh, everyone lands. Uh, the parachute gets collected up and we go in and uh, into the office and we pay. And neither of us can really believe what's just happened. <laughs> like we just jumped out of a plane from 10,000 feet and we survived. And I'm just, I'm absolutely just in bliss. Like this is what I have been wanting to do for so long and I've now done it. And I'm so, so happy. Uh, then I crashed hard because obviously there is a massive adrenaline spike mm -hmm. and then it's got to come down. So about 10 minutes after we land, I crash hard and then I down a bag of sweets and then I'm better. <laughs> mm. And um, yeah, I remember on the drive back, we were just kind of both in shock, like, wow, that, that actually happened. And then I got back and told my parents about everything and said, yeah, I'm saving up to get licensed to go solo. Okay. Let's... And that's what I did. Yeah, I actually, uh, yeah. I really like the account of, of your first jump. Hmm. It's, it was... Yeah, just very interesting to listen about yeah. it. I think you're a good storyteller. And <laughs> Thank you. Let's talk about about that. You getting a license? Mm -hmm. What kind of like the course consists of? Yeah. How like how do you even fold a parachute? Like that sounds interesting, <laughs> and all the kind of things and anecdotes around that. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so then a year later, or I think it was like 10 months. Uh, so this was, uh, I did the tandem on the 20 something of August. Um, I can't remember the exact date, but I, I can look it up later. It was, it was late August though. Um, and then I had ground school on the 1st of July, 2022. Uh, so ground school is a full day of all of the theory behind solo skydiving. Uh, so they talk you through and teach you all about the rig and they, they show you a rig, they show you what it's made up of, they show you how to steer it, how to land it. They have all of these simulation setups so you get to hang in a rig and you're taught how to cut away in case of a malfunction and how to deploy the reserve. Uh, you're taught what malfunctions are. Um, there's minor malfunctions and there's serious malfunctions. Uh, minor malfunctions can be very easily, um, you can get out of them very easily. So that's things like enter closures when on opening the parachute doesn't open quite fully but they usually fix themselves mm -hmm. very quickly. I've had probably like a good third or even more of my jumps. I've had NTEL closures and they always fix themselves before I have a chance to fix them. Uh, but you, to fix them, you just, um, you pull down all the toggles uh, twice. Mm -hmm. uh, slowly though, slowly. And um, then they, talk you through how to deploy, they talk you through the body position, they talk you through all the hand signals, because obviously when you're falling at 120 miles an hour, you can't hear anything apart from the wind, so you've got to have another way to communicate. So there are a bunch of hand signals which tell you to do different things. There's uh, deploy immediately. Uh, I never had that one. Uh, there is check altimeter. I had that a couple of times. Uh, there is arch harder, there is straighten your legs, there's bend your legs, there's legs close together, there's point your toes. Um, and it's all stuff that you have to remember because you will be shown it at some point um, mm. and you have to respond. Um, so that was pretty much ground school. 
Um, yeah, they showed us all of the gear, so jumpsuits, uh, altimeter goggles, uh, helmets. Uh, they taught us the positions, they taught us how to exit the plane, um, they taught us how to deploy. Um, I think that was it. There's probably a few other little things that I'm forgetting, but that was that was the gist of it. Just how to right. do it safely and what how it works and what there is. Um, uh, and then we had to do a written test that was open book, um, which is about like heights to deploy. That was another thing which we got taught um, heights to deploy and how to check that the canopy is functioning properly. Um, and how to, uh, one of the slightly more serious malfunctions you can have is line twists, which mm. is when the canopy comes out and it's not like straight, like there are twists in the lines. Um, you there, there are ways to get out of that. Um, you can kick out of it um, or you can twist the risers the opposite direction. Um, mm. The oh, risers are what connect the lines to the harness and they have some uh, inputs as well. Oh, um, wow. I have had line twists once. I had them on my 50th jump and it was due to packing, uh, which I didn't do. Um, so yeah, that I got out of it very easily. Um, it was a bit scary, but I was on a 230 square foot canopy, so pretty, pretty big. Um, so that was that was not too bad at all. Um, and that is the only time it ever happened. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so after ground school, um, it was rainy the next day. Uh, so I came back uh, on the Sunday. So I didn't. I had ground school on the Friday, and I came back on the Sunday for the first jump. So they have a chart of based on your weight, your exit weight, what's the smallest kind of view you can jump for the first time. So I qualified for the 230 square foot canopy, but I ended up jumping a 260 just to be a bit safer. Mm -hmm. um, the tandem I jumped, it was, I think, 350 square feet or bigger even. Tandems are big. Okay. Um, so I was jumping a 260 square foot and I remember getting on the plane on the ride up. I was absolutely terrified. Like, yes, this is what I've been looking forward to for 10 months, but I am absolutely terrified. And then again, when we get up to altitude, this was, I think, 13,000 feet this time, because this was at a different drop zone, uh, right. Sibson, UK parachuting Sibson. Um, and yeah, it, when when the door opens, you just go into that like mindset of okay, gonna jump. There isn't really time to worry. There isn't time to think about anything bad. There just isn't. Um, so I get into the door. I have two instructors because it's my first jump. Um, I have one on the inside, one on the outside, and we're taught to crouch in the door, facing into the wind, and to kneel down, and then we have to say, check in to the instructor on the right, get a response that's like a thumbs up, that's all good, and then we go check out to the left, uh, to the instructor that's on the outside of the plane, all good, then we initiate the exit sequence, so then we say, out and we're moving as we do this so we're moving out then back in and then out and when we jump we jump wide we arch hard and we present ourselves to the wind so when i jumped immediately every little bit of stress and anxiety and fear about the whole thing just went away and that's that's again what i had on the first jump it it just it's terrifying on the way up, but then on the way down, it's absolutely bliss. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I remember that I I just think, okay, awesome, I'm in free fall. This is absolutely amazing. I've missed this so badly. 
so I do the maneuvers that we have to do on the jump. So for this one, because it's just a very beginner one, we have to uh, show that we know we're at altitude. Um, we have to do practice touches on the pilot shoot deployment handle um, just to make sure that we know where it is so that we can safely deploy. So mm -hmm. we do that three times and then keep on checking altitude and then deploy when we get to 6,000 feet. Wait, so is there someone flying through the air with you at the same time or how does this Yeah, work? yeah. So on the first three jumps, you have two instructors that are holding on to you. They're mm. there to stabilize you. They are there to make sure that you're okay. They are there to give you instructions for uh, the body position, basically. Um, so they're there for the first three jumps, and then you go down to just one instructor mm -hmm. after that. Uh, and then once you pass uh, seven levels, then then you are going out on your own. Uh, so the levels get more and more uh, increasingly tricky. Um, there is probably way too much that I can talk about for what time we have. Um, so I'll just be brief with that. Um, okay. they, they go up um, more in difficulty. Uh, the first one is three practice touches and making sure that you're at altitude and then deploying yourself. I think you failed that level if you don't deploy your own parachute. Uh, mm. I passed that though. The second one is I think two practice touches and then maybe turns. Um, I can't quite remember. It was it was a while ago. Um, but yeah, they get they get more and more difficult. You add turns in. You eventually get to solo freefall with an instructor there, and then you have solo exits. So that's that was jump five for me, um, and level five uh, is the first solo exit. So that's when you're literally not connected to anyone. You're just jumping yourself, and then you have to gain stability and then do some turns um, and a few other things, I think. Uh, and then you have a dive exit, so that's uh, towards the back. So again, a solo exit, but you dive and have to not flip over. Um, mm -hmm. So that's level six. I didn't get level six completely right, so I did fail that and have to retake it. But the second time, I got it absolutely spot on. Um, and then Level seven was the same thing again, but then adding a few more turns in, and again, I nailed that. So then... When you say a turn, what, what, what do you mean? So a turn is... If you're going... If you're in free fall, you're going straight, you... Um, you chuck your elbow down uh, to cut into the wind to turn your body around to face another direction oh, okay. uh, so you have to do 90 and 360 turns oh, wow. um, times to qualify um, and yeah so then after that I had my solo license so that was eight jumps uh, that it took to do that and I think it was about three weeks I want to say uh, I did move in the middle so I lost a few days but yeah, that so that took that took about three weeks, um, but also it it totally like it takes out of you. Each jump is mm -hmm. meant to be like a full work day, so think about like some people will do like six jumps a day, so that's six working days in one. That it's a lot. It there's there's a lot that you have to think about. There's a lot that you have to do, so it really really does take it out of you. Um, have you ever done uh, more than one jump in one day? Yes, I've done five before. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I did four in the morning and one in the afternoon. That was um, a lot of jumping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, usually it's like, I'd say a decent day for me is, if I don't stay over at the drop zone, I can probably do five or six fairly easily. Um, 
that's if loads are every hour or every hour and a half and you get onto the first load. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, so that was the, the first jump and I passed it. And then about a week later, I went back to my second and that went fine again. I passed it. Um, and then I think the next time I maybe did two jumps in that day. Um, and that was literally like first load of the day we get down and then we're told get another rig you're going up again immediately mm-hmm. so i think i jumped twice in that hour <laughs> and um yeah i passed both those levels um and then i did three jumps when i graduated from my the license i did three jumps um I can't remember how how many jumps the how, other days. How many uh, levels are there? So there is um, eight levels. So there are seven free fall levels, and then there is what's called the hop and pop, which is a low altitude exit at six thousand feet, mm-hmm. usually, um, where you have to deploy your parachute stably within ten seconds of jumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was maybe the most terrifying jump because it was so low. What does uh, what does it mean to deploy a parachute stably? So you are not twisting and tumbling. You're in control of how you're moving. You're presenting yourself to the wind, so um, you can you know that you can deploy. You can pull the pilot chute and you can chuck it, and it'll inflate. And it'll pull the parachute out, and there won't be any twists in it and it won't wrap around anything. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know how else to describe it. No, no um, that makes sense. That, yeah, that yeah. Makes a lot so, of sense. so you can yeah. do that? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so you've got to be able to demonstrate that. It's mostly just for emergency um, circumstances. That was something else we were taught in um, ground school, um, what to do in the event of an emergency. Um, and basically just at different altitudes, you're going to do different things. Uh, below a thousand feet, you're going to put your restraint on and you're going to brace. Above a thousand feet, it depends on the jump master on the load. So the person who's in control of the load, um, but they are likely, um, you're either going to brace or you're going to jump and deploy your reserve immediately. Um, and then if you're higher, then you will deploy the main. Um, and yeah, so then after that, you've got um, 10 hold uh, consolidation jumps. So that is exercises set by your instructors for you to carry out in freefall. Uh, you don't jump with anyone, you're completely on your own, but you do get dispatched by an instructor. So they have to do a gear safety check before you jump, and then they'll say, okay, you're good to go, and then you jump. But then you do everything on your own. Uh, when you're jumping with an instructor, uh, usually you'll have a, um, a walkie-talkie um, on your helmet so that they can instruct you when to do things and they'll tell you when to flare, uh, stuff right. like that. And then as time goes on, you'll become more independent. Um, so, yeah, that um, I so it's a minimum of 18 jumps. Uh, I did it in 19. Um, and then after that, you do another test and you pay a bit more money for the full license. And then you've got the A license. Uh, and then you don't get um, checked at the top, but you do still get dispatched. Um, and so I am currently on 56 jumps. Um, I, am, I hold the British Skydiving B license and uh, I am jumping a 190 square foot canopy currently, which I pack myself. Because uh, once once you're at B, um, you get to wear a full face helmet. So I do. It's very nice. It's comfortable. It looks amazing. And it's safe. And I have an audible altimeter in, in that helmet, which beeps at me at certain altitudes. And I have a visual one on my wrist. Uh, which is big and digital and it's very easy for me to read. Uh, so that's really, really good. And in terms of equipment, yeah. do you 
rent all of that or do you own some of it? So my helmet is mine, my altimeters are mine, uh, the rig I'm currently renting from Romek Rigging. Uh, yeah. They're really, really good. I've got the rig for six months. Um, and in that time, I can use it pretty much as I want. I can't do beach landings or water landings, mm -hmm. uh, and I can't lend it to anyone, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't want to anyway at this point. Um, but I pack it myself, which is quite nice because it, I get better at doing that. And um, That sounds scary. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's also cheaper jump tickets. So it's £40 usually if you're renting gear. Or twenty five if you have your own. Oh, yeah, that's way cheaper than I thought it would be. Yeah, a lot of people are very surprised by that. <laughs> ah. um, yeah, so I I can pack my own canopy, and I also recently uh, qualified as a packer. So what that means is that I can get paid to pack canopies for other people. All uh, right. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. It it at the moment it takes me with the gear I have, it's about half an hour to pack because the canopy is really difficult to get into the deployment bag mm -hmm. because it's a it's a maximum rated for that bag, but if it's a canopy that goes easily in there, I can probably do it in about fifteen minutes. Interesting. Um, what's yeah. like what's the technique behind it? Or actually because um, that might be slightly too technical to explain it over the podcast. Let's yeah. Uh, let's yeah. talk about the yeah. the risks of sky sky skydiving. Okay. I think that's a bit the more risks. understanding and comprehensible okay. to yeah. average yeah. listeners. Yeah. So the risks is one of the reasons why I didn't start earlier, actually, because I wanted to understand the risks. But uh, there are so many safety mechanisms built into the sport. So statistically it is safer to jump out of a plane with a modern rig on than it is to actually drive to the drop zone. Mm. Um, it, it sounds a bit weird saying that, like a lot of people may question that, but in terms of ratios, there is far fewer skydiving deaths per skydives per year than there are car deaths mm. per car crashes per year. Doesn't um, surprise me. Driving is a yeah. dangerous business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's actually a lot safer than a lot of people think. You've got the um, the main canopy, which um, has to be inspected every so often. I think it's every <clears throat> every six months. Usually, um, people will get that done with the reserve. Um, the reserve canopy only uh, advanced packers and above oh, um, can pack those. Well, can oh. you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you well. It's cut off just literally for oh. two seconds. But what were you saying about the reserve oh. canopy? Um, so the reserve canopies, um, not just everyone can pack them. They have to be packed by someone who is certified to pack them. They have to be repacked every six months mm -hmm. and inspected. Mm -hmm. And usually you'll get the entire rig inspected at the same time, including the main canopy. The reserves are also, um, they are seven cell instead of nine cell. So canopies are either going to be seven or nine cell. Seven cells open a lot better, but are not as sporty. Um, they, they don't fly quite as well um, as nine cells. They are like... Um, I don't know how to explain it. Um, Are we talking thickness of the canopy right now? It's, no, it's, no, no. What, so it's all it's mean? all the same. It's all the same material. Okay. Or most mostly, uh, it's something called zero porosity fabric. Um, but the there's something called the glide ratio, which is how far forward you go to how far down you go. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, so the glide ratio on seven cells doesn't tend to be that great, I think. Um, I'm not really an expert in the differences, but That's okay. um, seven cells are, they're better, they're much better openings. Um, 
and also reserves are designed to open it even better mm -hmm. uh and they are packed slightly differently as well okay um yeah um so they are they're repacked and inspected every six months um they any any work that he's doing to them will be done um, you also have the automatic activation device, which is um, checked. And depending on the manufacturer, you may need to get it sent back to the factory to have some preventative measures put in place. Um, and um, yeah, that's you have um, minimum altitudes that you can cut away. Um, the main canopy for it to be safe to deploy the reserve in time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've heard a rumor. Uh, I don't know if this is a fact, but I have heard of cases when people died because they waited too long to cut away their main and go to their reserve. Mm. I don't. I don't know if that is a fact, but I've I've heard. Um, and just in terms of the jumping itself, because yeah. I get the thrill of flying through the air, and you've explained yeah. it quite well. Mm. But is mm. there also an element of going to different locations and jumping, and like having nice views when you're flying oh, down? Oh yeah, or... yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and there's also like you can jump out of a whole load of different things. Um, so I've jumped out of mainly Cessna mm -hmm. Grand Caravans, Supervans that sort of thing mm -hmm. um they fit like 15 to 17 people and get up to jump altitude within 10 to 20 minutes um there's also sky vans which uh it's like the, the back opens up so they mm. are apparently very very fun to jump out of there aren't any of them in the uk there is one um in the czech republic or uh, Chechia, i think it's now called um in skydive pink clatterby uh so i gotta make a trip out there at some point uh but there's also like um you can go jumping in the caribbean you can jump in the philippines in thailand all sorts of places um there are there are not very many places that you can go that won't have a drop zone mm. uh, so yes it is it is also for the views okay. um yeah oh it sounds amazing yeah. so you've done just over 50 jumps now how many yes. jumps do you want to do like is there a limit is there like a, um, an, a a point at which you kind of become proficient at it or how does it work? um so 56 jumps may sound like a lot to some people but that is absolutely nothing mm -hmm. in the sport like okay. i am a complete beginner mm -hmm. um a lot of my instructors have multiple thousands of jumps. Um, the like there are people on the Red Bull Air Force. Um, Jeff Provenzano is one of them. Um, he has over twenty one thousand jumps. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few of my instructors they had, I think, two and a half thousand jumps. Three and a half thousand. 5,000, 6,000. Um, one of the people that um, I think the the person that my friend um, jumped with on the tandem, uh, he had 18,000. Um, yeah, so 56 is not very many. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm aiming to do 150 jumps this year. I've done four so far. Um, and there's there's tons of other things that you can do. It's not just freefall. There is canopy uh, progression. So I'm on a 190 square foot canopy. I started out on 260 square foot. Um, I want to get into swooping, which is turning the canopy uh, using the one of the inputs, um, diving it basically, and then bringing it out of the dive and going super fast, close to the ground. It's very dangerous, uh, but with the proper techniques and proper coaching, you can get. Wait, really what? Good, what is it that you want to do? I don't quite, quite catch. Um, so instead of going at the normal like 
forward and down. Um, you pull on the front inputs of the canopy mm -hmm. and then pull around to either the right or left using that to go straight down on the canopy. And you'll do a few twists to build up speed and then you'll use the rear inputs to drive the canopy out of that motion. Right. It's called it's called the recovery arc. Um, so you'll use the the rears the rear inputs to drive the canopy out of that and maintain the speed. So you'll go maybe. Um, I've seen people hit ninety miles an hour down on the canopy and then they drive out of that and go like 75, 80 miles an hour along the ground. Oh um, wow! And go really really far. Oh, I think the world screw that. <laughs> the <laughs> the world record distance was using an extremely high performance canopy i think it was a 55 square foot canopy and it was 222 meters uh, i think uh so that was yeah 222 Wait, meters an hour you mean no 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 that was the distance in meters that they traveled after they'd driven themselves out of the the downward spiral oh okay yeah so that's along the ground. Uh, I, one of my coaches, uh, I've seen a video of him hitting 97 miles an hour um, under canopy uh, coming out of the swoop. That was on a Valkyrie 71. Uh, Valkyrie is a very high performance canopy. Mm. Um, so what would you put in YouTube to see that? Um, probably uh, skydiving swoop. Okay. Got it. Uh, there's there's a great video um, that was filmed at uh, Extreme Sport Veco uh, in Norway um, a few years ago. Uh, if you type in, uh, I think it's this is swooping. I'll find it. Um, yeah. So if you type in. This is swooping, and it's by Vertical Films. That was three months ago. All right. And it, I'll have a look. The, to get the, idea. the start of it is absolutely incredible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's quite. It's quite something. Uh, so that's that's what I want to end up doing. Really, uh, I want right. to get better in freefall as well. Um, but yeah, canopy stuff is what excites me a lot at the moment <laughs> got it all right well thank you very much for sharing your experiences this this yeah, sounds my amazing. absolute this, pleasure i, I wish <laughs> you nothing but a lot of safe safe jumps thank you thank you very much and we'll you know we'll keep in touch in terms yeah. of your yeah your jumping and wow whoa yeah quite 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 a hobby to have i, have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah and thank you so much for having me on. No, a, thank you for accepting experience. the invitation. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Bye, everyone. Thanks.